This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host Daniel Prue at Science Station One. Daniel, how's that micro-wormhole detection algorithm going? Uh, well, y- you know, uh, you know, Darren, I actually think there's there's probably a lot lot more qualified people on the ship to to take to take this job. So uh, I think maybe one of them would would do a better job than me. So. Okay, don't worry. I have no qualms at replacing you. Uh, Mr. Data, if you can come on over here. No. Uh, now, down in Holodeck 3, with the new four-year edition, I might add, is Lieutenant Commander Philip Gilfus. Uh, what kind of programs are you running today, Philip? Oh, wait. No, see, see. okay, look. Under the new protocols, I don't have to answer that question. Um, <laughs> and that's why we have the privacy wall. And so it doesn't matter what kind of program I'm running. It's a perfectly legitimate program with perfectly legitimate purposes on my off hours, and that's all I have to say, Your Honor. Well, well, you do realize that the holodeck's like the internet, Philip. I mean, it's out there. You can't take oh, it God. back. Wait, have you Everybody, been looking up it, my holodeck browser history? <laughs> uh, what are you, you Facebook? You forgot to clear your, your cache, unfortunately. <laughs> your holodeck browser history would be way worse <laughs> than regular browser history because it would show you doing these activities. It would be like the, the most nightmarish scenario ever. And also, beaming over to Transporter Room 3 is Charlene Schmidt. Now, Char, it's perfectly safe. Although, you know, there, there hasn't been a case of transporter psychosis in, in like, years. Are you, are you sure? Because I swear the last time I used one of these things, there were creatures coming at me. They were going to bite me. I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing it. Uh-uh. Well, you know what, Char? We, we have so many shuttles to spare. I will just send one to go pick you up. <laughs> oh, that's fine. We've got plenty. Okay, good. Okay, good. Well, as you might have guessed, we're going to be talking about Reginald Barkley. I don't know how you could have guessed that from all those words, but if you did, you've won the the, the Earl Grey game. But we're going to be talking about Experience this character who not, only, who not only left a mark on TNG, but he actually appeared, I'm surprised, in more episodes of Voyager than The Next Generation. So we invited our illustrious colleague, Char, over from our sister podcast, To The Journey... To the journey! To join in this discussion. So welcome, Shard, over to the 1701D. And this, I forgot how huge this ship is. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's very good to be here. Right. Well, if you want to feel claustrophobic, you can go into our ready room. I know it's like a tenth of the size that you're used to. but um... <laughs> You mean the ready foyer? Yeah, we don't have one the of those. Ready <laughs> the ready hall. I might have hall. to go to the battle bridge, actually, to feel a little more at home here. There you go. There you go. And the lighting, you know, we can hmm. adjust. If you like more blue tones, we can do that for you. Okay, right. that'd and, be great. Instead of and the there's a, beige. There's yeah. a guy down there. He'll uh, he'll actually play for you all of EG because that's his job down there in the Battle Bridge. He'll just give you the highlights. He'll play for you. But Sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's his job. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
he'll he'll catch you right up. But anyway, so we're going to be talking about Barkley. Now this is is a great character, guys. I mean, it, he is beautifully played by Dwight Schultz, and as I've said, you know, multiple times because we've only just started the episode, he is actually in one more episode of Voyager than Earl not Earl Grey, sorry, The Next Generation. That'd be the show we're talking about. Uh, but, you know, let's just start off. What's a, what's your general thought when you think of, of Broccoli? I mean, I mean, Barkley, uh, of Barkley. Uh, let's start with our guest, Char. What's your first uh, thought of this character when you first came across him? Actually, I want to preface everything and say it is amazing that he has more Voyager episodes than TNG episodes, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but... I consider him a TNG character. Never mind the fact that he's very instrumental to Voyager, but I'm sure we'll get there very far down the road here. As a TNG character, I mean, he is a uh, a very interesting guy, <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> you, It's kind of funny how they say in Hollow Pursuits, like, how did this guy even get through the Academy? Why is he in Starfleet? And you question that, right, as an audience member when you first come across him because he's so socially awkward and yet he's so brilliant which is obviously why he's there. He has some expertise. I mean, when he does his job, he is a really good engineer. It's just everything else. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it is kind of fun because he is a little more of the everyman. I mean, so many characters yeah. that we love on, on the Enterprise and uh, many other sh- places that have shows, uh, <laughs> they are a little too perfect sometimes. You know, they're only so flawed, and it's nice to see somebody who is a little socially inept, maybe someone who's not quite so comfortable out there and is having a little bit of a difficult time, because I think that's more of us in the real world than it is, say, the Captain Picards of the world. No, that's that's that makes total sense. And then we just give him to Jordy, because Jordy, he's everybody's friend. Oh, yeah. Right, he's not a jerk to anybody. <laughs> that's why he well, was you so don't nice to him. take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Daniel? What were your first thoughts uh, on this illustrious character? That's going to be the word of the day, illustrious. Good one. I, I, you know, but like Pee Wee. Do we have to yell every time you say it? <laughs> <laughs> we, we should now. We are. We'll just use. We'll just use that clip of Daniel just gave me. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I have professed my love many times for for Lieutenant Barkley on this on this podcast. I I love every time he's on screen. He makes me so happy, and the fact. That he is in uh, First Contact makes me so happy and gives me the warm fuzzies. Mm-hmm. He's great in First Contact. Uh, and then just recently, uh, you know, I just was on uh, Literary Treks just recently, and we talked about Faden, where Michael Pillar talks about his script for Insurrection. And early on in the script, Barkley was going to be a big part of that movie, and that's like one of the biggest disappointments of the. I think that's really? why that movie failed. Yeah. To be, to be, uh, oh, to be wow. honest, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you should listen to some of the other shows on the network. <laughs> oh, no, excuse oh, wow. me. I do. Wow. I'm a little behind, Whoa. though. All right, she's finding I, the ejection pod. I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. I kid, I kid. And Daniel's just used up all his grace time. Uh, uh, no, but it, um, you know, that was actually one of the most interesting things to learn reading that book was, you know, uh, and then the studio was, or I can't remember if it was the studio or, or I think it was, might have been Rick Berman who was like, no, 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 nobody really likes Barkley. And like, let's give all of his lines to other people. And I'm like, no, put him on the ship. Put him on the. Uh, but anyways, I love I love uh, Barkley, and I'm excited to talk about him again. And what about you, Philip, your fellow hollow addiction friend? <sighs> okay, 
So Barkley, um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm sort of on a different spectrum, both uh, socially, mentally, and in this case, on Barkley than Daniel. Um, but he's he's an interesting character, you know. I I will grant you that, and he usually does bring the funny. Um, and I mean, I do like him on on Voyager, but I, to me, he 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 does jolt like. Kind of what Char said, you know, obviously he's this sort of extreme character that doesn't fit in. But, like, I don't think he would fit in on any show. Like, he, like <laughs> imagine him on Deep Space Nine for the second. Like, nope. he would be, yeah, exactly. Cisco would punch him. Cisco yeah. would be Because he sure. he he's not Picard. He'd be so Kira mean. Kira would punch him. Yeah, everyone would punch him. Yeah, Dax would punch him. Bashir would punch him. And, like, even as a man, like, well, like, he's the Yoshi this is my thing. He's basically lays the groundwork for uh, Hoshi. Sorry, I said Yoshi. Hoshi in Enterprise. Yoshi? Yoshi? I, I, where are you going with this Yoshi thing? <laughs> Mario I'm, I'm really Yoshi? Lost. Oh, my God. That would be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the nth degree, he evolves into... Anyway. anyway. Um, <laughs> he evolved into a Yoshi brain. in Genesis. <laughs> yes. Um, and there are lizard babies, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Sticks his tongue out and gets fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, he gets but, um, one up. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So he's he's not my favorite character, and I, I mean, I, it, to me, he's sort of like I have to accept that he fits in. Like he, like how does he find the way to the door of the turbo lift? Is my question. <laughs> um, oh. But I mean, I, I get it, and actually, and we'll talk about this. So I won't take the whole time here. I think his actually hollow pursuits. There's actually this is a great episode. Like in for anyone who's done does any kind of like management or leadership. Like it's a great episode, but we'll go into it later. But I, I'll just say, Barkley is definitely—he's a special guy. He's special. That's true. Those are the two things I always suggest: read "Who Moved My Cheese" and watch "Hollow Pursuits," and then you get all the management training you could possibly need. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the Hollywood pursuits. I mean, not that we're going to mention every episode that Barkley's in, but this is the episode that introduces the character, and I mean. Besides, you know, some people hating on this character, uh, you know, he, you know, the the actual, um, the actual episode, I mean, we get like these hollow versions of these main characters. We get short Riker. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's, 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 it's a really funny episode and we get Jordy, you know, Mr. Nice, Miss, uh, you know, don't take my word for it, who is kind of getting pushed to his limit. Like he, he, Barkley is his problem and he... <laughs> He is having a hard time about it, uh, but it's Hard's you know. And then at the end, in this one. Well, like all right, so this is hollow because I was thinking about this during work because this is what I do other than doing work. Um, so hollow <laughs> pursuits. All right, the reason I and we could talk about the hollow addiction that I know Daniel loves to talk about, but I mean, um, like this is pretty cool because like I forget where Barkley's coming from, like the Zukov or whatever, whatever starship he's coming from. Because they're like, how, you know, like what you said, like how does he, how did he get here? They, you know, we got such a high letter of recommendation. They're like, well. They're just pushing their junk on us, and one, you know, and so like Jordy <laughs> getting rid of them. Yeah, and I think Jordy and Riker are like, well, let's just get rid of the junk them on someone else. I think the hood's right behind us. Let's just <laughs> yeah. transport them over the there. Hood's right? in a, <laughs> yeah, hood's like half a parsec away. We it could be here in like ten minutes. Yeah, but, but but Picard, to me, and this is the great management, which I mean, not to make this serious or anything, but this is a great management leadership. Picard's like, no, we're the Enterprise. We don't throw our junk on other people. If he's here, Jordy, Commander LaForge. It's your job as a leader to take care of this man. You're going to be his friend, and you're going to like it. And you hear, like, Jordy kind of, like, you know, moan about it. But I have to give credit for LaForge. He does actually step up 
and you know tries to reach out to oh, Barkley. Come on, he does so. try. Come on. He tries. No. It's Jordy. Well, he look, tries for Jordy. No, no, no. I'm sorry. After I, he catches Barkley no. in the act, I actually think that is a good scene right there with him and and Reg in the. No, 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 no. Does Picard no, put? No. Well, well, I can't. Well, I can't allow this to continue. I'm sorry. He is a bully. <laughs> he is mean to Barkley until he's told by his superior to be nice to him. He's like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Afterwards. Yeah. Well, then that's <laughs> not. You can't give him yeah. credit for that. He would not have done it unless he was told he had to do it. Like he wanted. He wanted. Like he was like, I can't deal with him. I want him off the team. Get him out of my face. Put him somewhere else. And Picard was like, No, we're not doing that. I'm going to make him a blue shirt, so he's going <laughs> to just vanish from my sight. He'll just from the Enterprise. And no, so like... No. Well, see, Picard takes three pips, puts them on the counter, and just as his conversation goes, just pulls one back. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're going we're gonna to start this, this conversation, and you're going to be a commander. And we'll see what you are until I get the answers I want, Mr. LaForge. You, you, just, you can't give any credit to, to, to LaForge in that episode. Like, three people have to talk him into being nice to Barkley, and I just like it's a, a, a crazy to me that you would be like, no, Bar- or LaForge comes out to being a nice. No, he's a dick the whole episode, and he's oh, the only reason that he's ever nice to Barkley is because he's told he has to be. Well, no, that he relates to him on a holographic uh, inappropriateness level. <laughs> only because oh, he was gosh, told he yes. had to do that. That's all. Uh, okay, I'm upset. I'm done. Okay, okay. Now, granted, granted, he, he was told, he was ordered to befriend him and be nice and go out on a limb for the guy. Totally, yes. But the thing is, is he could have done it with some overtones of meanness anyway, and he didn't. He was really trying to be genuine and level with the guy. Once he was ordered to do it, he's like, oh, he commits. He does well, it. But he, well, even when Barkley crosses the Rubicon, like because when LaForge catches him in the act, I mean, Reg is like, okay, you know, I'll put in my transfer. You know, I'm sorry, and you know, it's, it's you know, but but LaForge doesn't be like, yep, you're done here. Let me go tell Picard right. you, you have, you know, him. Yeah, you know, he could have been really LaForge passive, like, aggressive, or just downright mean. You know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. go, but but be somewhere else. But let's also remember that it's not only Captain Picard ordering Jordy to be nice. He also has to have a pep talk with Guinan. And Guinan also has to tell him, "Hey, be nice <laughs> to this guy." So it's like, no, it's it's like forcing. It's not LaForge's <laughs> finest hour. That's have you ever sure. seen? No. Have you ever seen those? Are you uh, saying those, like? Are you saying Jordy has a lack of foresight, Daniel? Oh, oh gosh! Come on, oh, come gosh. on, Philip, come on now. <laughs> well, and then we move into the next episode where let's make Barkley the biggest jerk known to man as we're going to give him these godlike mental thoughts that no one else can possibly comprehend in the nth degree which it it did kind of also feel like an episode where it could almost be anyone and then they're like well let's make this a Barkley episode and then Barkley becomes you know the wonderkind of the of the season you mean the Wesley Crusher uh I, I think I did basically just say that but yeah uh, now, now Shari you're gonna have to tell me how would you rate Reg's pass at Deanna. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, according to her, it was a good pass. And, and according to the look that Riker gives Troy. Yeah, I was going to say, the look, <laughs> uh, look of Riker's that, scale. Because that was... that's how we measure all uh, Troy engagements. Yeah, guys, no, I can't. <laughs> I cannot discuss this. It creeps me out. <laughs> You're like, what you mean, Riker Troy? No, I understand, Shar. It really does. So you wouldn't imagine the three of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's one of his holodeck that's where, programs. 
that's where my head went, and that's why I have to stop and put the brakes on right now. I cannot go. Every further. time we talk about this, I just keep thinking of Face of the Enemy, where he just goes, "What is she doing on that ship?" It's like, "Whoa, buddy! Whoa! <laughs> she, she's free to see other starships. This is not about you." It's like you in the child that. too. Like, who's the father? Who's the father? No, pretty much. <laughs> I, mean, I don't mean to be or indelicate, Master but who's Society. the father? It's not me. Is it me? I, I need to know. <laughs> Well, in Masterpiece Society, the look he gives her when she's like, I'm going to go back down to the planet now. Bye. And she just beams away. And he has this look of like, don't you dare go. You know you're not allowed to go. You don't don't understand the Uh. intricacies of the Troy Riker relationship. You just don't get it. They're total swingers. (laughs) That's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, that's a a topic for another, another great uh, future episode of Earl uh, Grey, um, but but yeah, branding out his uh, stint on on TNG. You know, we have Realm of Fear, which again is you know aside from the episode where uh, you know was it Danny Glover or someone's looking for his lost son inside the transporter beam. Oh, uh, no, you know this one Danny is Glover. one of the <laughs> <laughs> Enterprise is what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know it's not Danny Glover. I'm just I'm blanking on the, the actor, but. Uh, but you know, you know, having an episode that really talks with transporting. I mean, we hadn't seen that very it's a, much. Well, it's you know, the Voyager except. episode, um, the Neelix one, uh, season one. Oh, uh, yes, Voyager does come later than Next Gen. Just, and it, just and so, so does Enterprise. Know, but yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's a season one episode of Voyager you're talking about. Um, yeah. Oh God, why am I blanking on the I know, name? It's, it's like one word too, I think. Anyway, but anyway, it, it is. Dang it! Give me just one second. Oh, it's Year of Hell. You're talking about the one where Nick died. No, no. that's that's not one more Daniel. No, I know. No, I just took a step. Detrell. 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 Such a memorable name. Wait, Detrell is okay. All right, all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, but in Realm of Fear, you know, we get again. Who are we going to give this neurosis to? Because he doesn't have enough of them. Right. Let's make Barkley also have enough afraid problems. of transporters. I mean, we've seen you know, McCoy is not exactly you know going to jump in the transporter. You know, he saw what the Mirror Universe did to his friends. Like he doesn't want to deal with that. But and then uh, we have not McCoy from season two. Exactly. Yeah, not yeah. McCoy, who is. Female, not McCoy. Um, but you know, uh, do, well, do you have? Do you? Any? Does anyone have any thoughts on Realm of Fear before I? Well, pass I think on the to funny the thing one? about Realm of Fear is how how like real for you know talking about a fictional episode how realistic they treat it. Like it's totally real. I know, I know, okay, I, um, but like it's like Galaxy Quest. But how they look at like Reg Barkley and I forget who comments, but someone's like, you, "This is the twenty. I don't know if it's O'Brien or someone, but like it's like the twenty fourth century. How can you be scared of the transport? It's like this isn't the twenty third right. or the twenty second like century. A horseless carriage. I can't dare put myself inside this automobile. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. But you know, it's. It drives the plot for the monster of the week, I guess, if you want to call it the that. hand puppet yeah. of and, the week. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't yeah, he, yeah. I mean it doesn't I guess because you I think you Char or Daniel said it that he's sort of the everyman, but like in some way he kind of pulls like the the TNG back to to like to us to be like yeah, isn't it he's weird that we go on a transporter guys? <laughs> right. 
mean, I'm surprised he's not sitting on the bridge going, guys, are we going faster than light now? Oh my goodness. <laughs> to, to be fair. Think about what that's doing to subspace. <laughs> we need to just, slow just down, Just imagine guys. if the internal slow dampeners down. shut off. We would all be pastries against the back wall if that inertial dampener failed. <laughs> yeah, don't be a subspace damage denier. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I was just going to say, to be fair, he, his... his Phobia is actually justified in that episode. To be fair, he was he was he uh, true, which just reinforces his phobia, which is not a good well, thing. No, not for this guy. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Well, speaking of phobia, like I don't know, I don't know, Darren. If it's going to be separate, are we are we going to talk hollow addiction here? Because it's a real disease and it needs to be talked about. Well, there's this twelve step program that uh, LaForge wrote to help cure you of hollow addiction, but unfortunately, it's in the holodeck. So did he? It, did he, uh, did he write that just, when he was talking to Leah Brahms? Perhaps um... she helped write. write it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> which, he's also was a that also which Leah Daniel? Wow. Which Leah? Was that holodeck That's program called uh, Hypocrite One A? Like I don't know what is what is the <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yes. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to talk about how the uh, the addictions like in between uh, TNG and Voyager oh. in our in our movie phase, but um, but and then I, I guess he's kind of in ship in a bottle in the in the fact that he kind of bumps the genie out of the magic lamp, kind of like speaking of looking at it, really could have been anyone, but. Sorry, was that too much of a, of a reference there, Daniel? No, kind, what do you mean, kind of? You, oh, I love this episode so much; it's one of my favorites. No, no, he, it's it's a good episode. I'm just saying, it's like I, I don't really is it. I don't feel like it's a Barkley mean? episode. He, okay, we just talked about how much he's like the holodeck guy, and he goes on the holodeck and finds something he's not supposed to. Of course, he gets bored with the regular holodeck program, so he he pokes. This is like Chinatown. <laughs> he finds something he's not supposed to. <laughs> But that's like the five-minute trailer before no, the No, no, no. He's running roll, around like, the entire you know. time with Picard and Data trying to get this guy oh. back in the bottle. Okay. Maybe I just need to you rewatch do, it it's a great I, I withdraw my I well, withdraw my. I mean, to me, because I, I just watched, and I'm skipping ahead here, but it, it's a point. Um, I just watched Projections, which is Barkley Inception. Whoa, Philip, you're like way <laughs> but, past but, right <laughs> but Do you see my show notes? But Ship in the Bottle no, is basically the first Barkley holodeck Inception. Like, that's all Barkley does <laughs> is just make you question whether you're yes. still in a simulation. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to, had to be done. Had to, had to be done. Yeah. Okay. So rounding out uh, our Barkley sode with uh, with with Genesis. Genesis. Genesis! <laughs> Planet forbidden. See, see, I know you guys so well. I just know I just had to leave a little space right there, and you'd fill it perfectly. But uh, but dear God, this guy cannot get a break. First he, you know. First, he has like this. He's afraid of transporters. He's got this hollow addiction, and now he, we're going to name a syndrome. Barkley. Well, now he's now he's a hypochondriac. Like, syndrome. Just because every time he's cured, he has to oh, move on man. to another neuroses. Is that what it is? Apparently, yeah. Apparently. Just changing tactics so, is all. Uh, I mean, so now you know. Now Beverly's got to like get the speech from Picard. You know, to. to well, I like how this uh, episode foresaw the development of WebMD. Because you basically have Beverly <laughs> telling Reg, stay off the computer. <laughs> yeah. Everything is He's cancer. Like, Don't you know that? <laughs> Beverly, Beverly, I'm going to turn into a spider. I just know yeah. it. <laughs> have you been reading the medical? Where did you get this medical tricorder? You're right. It is him 
in twenty fourth century. Would WebMD, the would which... the twenty fourth century version be Web M Enterprise D? Is that how it would work? Maybe. No, there's hey, there's... there is there's no bloody A B C, <laughs> but it's Web M. It's not Web M A. It's not Web M B. <laughs> it's Web Mark Two. Mark Two. <laughs> uh, but yes. Yeah, so anyway, but let's let's go into the mind of this poor poor man who you know it's like O'Brien must suffer. It's Barkley <laughs> must have the neurosis of the week. Uh, he must have all of them. You know, so, so is that, he must have in the writers' room. Do they have the DSM four um, with all the psychological issues and just like throw a dart at it? What's Barkley having this season? It's yeah. It's like you randomly oh, yes. turn to a page and then somebody says stop. They open up to that page and then they pick one on that page. <laughs> Fear of chairs. He's afraid of yeah. Hmm, how could we use this? <laughs> Fear of tables that aren't accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show me a table. The holodeck never shows me a table. <laughs> that's not a table. That's totally a chair. Uh, but anyway, but yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, it's it kind of feels heavy handed, like it's always falling on this one character, uh, which it's like he can't catch a break. But but it, it kind of works. I mean, it, it's you could kind of say it's developing his character in a way, kind of, and in a way, in the loosest of, of now, terms. But I have a question for Daniel. Daniel. Does Chief O'Brien's tarantula work under Livingston? <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot about his tarantula. You know what? Uh, later on in Deep Space Nine, when he gets a cat, I wonder how that interaction goes. I don't like. Well, the tarantula <laughs> stays inside the sh- the bottles, the ones oh, that have the ships. Right, right. Yeah, because he did do that. That's true. Yeah, he that's did. True. <laughs> he did. Oh, sorry, Brian. You got a little something on your nose there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. What? Uh, any any extra thoughts on our neurosis-driven uh, counterpart, Shower Philip? I like how you said that. <laughs> like you you made us the neuroses counterpart. No, no, because Daniel already said his his fly his words. We're just talking about me and Shar as the crazy ones. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> yes. We, we hey, just here's like to, to the crazy ones. It's my degree in psychology, isn't it? It it. I totally knew you had a degree in psychology, and that's exactly why <laughs> I poised that question to you. Yes, he says as he rolls his eyes. Someone's been reading <laughs> the personnel files again. Yeah, yeah. Forge. I don't know. He is interesting. Like he, I don't know. If you want to go the psychological route, he is kind of an interesting little, little case study because he is an exaggeration. I think of a little bit of all of us. Like we've got that part of us that is a little neurotic, and we're neurotic about something. It's just that Barkley's neurotic about well everything because that's what the writers make him do. Do we see the Woody Allen of space? Well, I'm I'm picturing him now. I mean, he wasn't in you know season one, obviously, but the episode where they uh, release those three people from cryo sleep, neutral uh, zone, was that neutral zone? And where you know there again, you know, from whatever time they were, you know, thrust in the 24th century. And so, can you imagine him in that episode? And they're like, "Oh my gosh, what do you mean? There's no money?" He's like, "I know, right?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, we, we we beam. You know, we have this thing called a transporter. It's crazy. It's like." Barkley, you've you lived in our time. You're not you helping Reg. You're, yeah, right. you're not. <laughs> it's like maybe we should let Tiana Troy handle their uh, indoctrination back into the current time, Mister Barkley. He's like, all right, sir. No, no, we have to admit, Barkley did show Troy doing her job. At least trying, yeah. I, I've got to say, I just, I mean, 
And then, like, the best patient ever, he just never went away. <laughs> like, I, I Job never, security. ever, ever. When she went on vacation, he was there. Yeah, when not creepy came home to at visit, all. He was there. But we'll I, I, I agree that they do seem to give him just, like, a random, like, semblance. Like, just a random... Dartboard uh, yeah, worth. Like, uh, of neuroses. But I do think, in in at least the, in, uh, the initial couple of episodes he's featured in... He actually learns something, right? In the hollow, in, in the first episode in Hollow Pursuits, um, he. Con- but you don't have to take Jordy's <laughs> word for it. <laughs> but you know, in the first episode in Hollow Pursuits, he kind of is like, okay, I'm starting to become, uh, you know, a little more less awkward, I guess. And then in in um, the nth degree, he actually goes out, you know, on a quote unquote date with Troy, and it's like pleasant and it's nice. He's learning. He actually is growing as a character. Um, and I think that like it's baby steps, of course, because I think you know the writers probably just realized that Dwight Schultz is so good at playing this type of character that it would be a shame to just bring him on and not have him do it, especially since it probably was getting positive results. But you know, I think there's, I think there is growth. I, I, I think we're inching towards something. But uh, we'll we'll talk later on. There's something there. It wasn't there before, exactly. Daniel. Exactly. Wait, are you saying that he's basically going to some sort of end game? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where he's oh, headed. Boy. We'll I get think there. it is. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, before we get there, though, he did, as Daniel pointed out, show up in some great movies uh, mm-hmm. like First Contact, uh, you know, because when you want to not scare off the inventor of warp drive who better than to uh have that conversation than reginald Barker? well i feel like this goes to daniel's point because i'm going to go ahead and make daniel's point so go ahead and relax daniel all right basically you have barkley you know fangasming out on cochran and laforge is like hey hey reg hey reg hey behave yourself this isn't a time to fangasm. So, by the way, yeah. Doctor Cochran, I went. <laughs> is that from Cochran? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a statue. Yeah, kinda, <laughs> hand is thrust out. You told him about the statue. Like, <laughs> yeah, Reg was you like, see? I was going to tell him about the statue. Do you see my point? The only difference between their their, their reactions in that situation is that uh, that Jordy is the commanding officer. So when he's like, he then he can just totally you know dote on on Cochran. So. Whatever. Uh, Dr. Cochran, can you please sign my dilithium crystal? <laughs> I, uh, it's, a, it's a used shard, and I just... Uh, no reason, no reason. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's taking, like, a selfie with his pad with Dr. Cochran. He's just like, <laughs> look, here I am! Warp drive's about to be invented! Hashtag. Oh, right. uh, yes, hashtag, hashtag uh, 20, 2063. Now, I, I will just note, for the record, because I will bring this up later, so I'm, I'm going to hook, hooked here... First contact occurs after Voyager episodes, so I'm just going to throw that yes, out it there. Does. You're that right. No, I know. In the timeline I'm... that we have talked about, hey, he's gone from in, the Enterprise in Darren's, D to the Enterprise. In Darren's e. notes, they're not Phillips. Okay, but no, I'm just. I know, I'm t- no, that's a very. I'll be point calling back to it in several minutes here. If if we yeah, it was going to take a whole third of our podcast <laughs> discussing the timeline of Barclay's movements through the timeline organization. I haven't got that time to talk about time. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the time. <laughs> what were we saying? Now, Troy. Yes. <laughs> but uh, as you know, another big aspect that you obviously can't not talk about with uh, with Barclay is his you know, how they use him in Voyager. And I I think, you know, I mean, 
it, it makes sense in a way. I mean, they they seem to pair him a lot with Diana, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's nice having a it, it's nice having a character though that is familiar to us and. You know, I mean, you have all, all the a lot of the other characters in the Pathfinder project are new that we haven't necessarily seen as much uh, as as Barkley. But uh, Sharp, being our our Voyager expert, not uh, to discredit Daniel or Philip or myself, mm-hmm. but what Lexpert. is uh, but what uh, what were your thoughts with you know when you know when you were experiencing you know. Voyager for the first time and look here's a TNG character who's not a Ferengi <laughs> lost in space you know yeah oh and amen to so, that or uh, Nick Lacaro <laughs> <laughs> or Riker yeah, in that well, one episode where he won't remember it that. he changed his name for a reason of course he does. Cool. <laughs> it's his prison name it's his prison name I understand <laughs> his prison name <laughs> that's the best that explanation guy. I've heard to date yeah. <laughs> if you've ever seen if you've ever seen The Office when Mike Mike develops a character he calls Prison Mike oh yeah Mike. Prison Mike yeah that's that's what uh, that's what uh, Tom Paris is to Nick Carter. Uh, good like good it. job did you got you got the Prison Mike reference into two episodes I did too I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos. that's fantastic alright yeah so okay Barkley on Voyager when he was on projections, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. That was okay. But what really did it for me was when they have this little arc later on, starting with Pathfinder. And Pathfinder, for the record, is just one of my favorites of the latter seasons, largely in part due to Barkley and what they end up doing with him. I never would have imagined this kind of crossover uh, on Voyager just because Delta Quadrant, Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, they were sort of talking back and forth with home, but then once they really kind of committed and went with this idea... I thought that's genius. I freaking love it. Yeah, it's a really good idea. It really is, and so the connection is fantastic. Um, Reg is incredibly important to uh, well to Voyager. I mean, he's kind of instrumental in helping them communicate with one another between the quadrants, and then uh, you know he's there when Voyager gets back to the Alpha Quadrant, and so this is a big freaking deal. Well, and especially as you know, obviously the writers wanted to start showing you know what's going on in the alpha quadrant i mean to in in context projections where he's a hologram is the s- third episode of the second season of voyager when and then the the next time we see him is the 10th episode of season 6 so we jump almost all the way to the end of voyager and then we see him a lot over the next two seasons uh but it's nice you know cuz i mean every uh i guess search party project you know, always has that one guy who's like the never give up, you know, never <laughs> surrender, you know, we're gonna, uh, you know, and he was obviously Voyager's cheerleader. He, as he, you know, to quote himself, he was obsessed with Voyager. I mean, he named his freaking cat oh. Neelix. Yes. Uh, he's, he's sleeping in holographic <laughs> Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question for you guys. All right. So they, they did address, you know, kind of, he has a little bit of a problem with the holodeck in TNG do little. you think, yeah, little, <laughs> do you think he had like this little period of sobriety, say like in the first contact area era where he kind of, you know, he was doing a little better. He wasn't spending as much time on the holodeck. Maybe he was abstaining altogether, but then has an incredible uh, fall off the bandwagon when it comes to Voyager and has a quote unquote relapse. This is, this is actually my biggest problem with, with Barkley beyond TNG. Like, um, and 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 like this is why I brought it up. Like each each of the initial episodes of of TNG, where he kind of does grow a little bit, and uh, I feel like they kind of revert him. 
like really far back once they start putting them on Voyager. And I, li- I mean, I like what they do with them and they do interesting things with them. But at some point it's like, well, he didn't learn anything then. I mean, like his, his, all of those episodes on, on TNG were kind of completely useless because he's, he's gone into not only has he, has he reverted, uh, has he, like he would, you know, he's regressed to this, this, this behavior, but it's even worse than it ever was bef- that we ever experienced before too. Like he never slept. I don't believe if I remember correctly, he never slept on, on the holodeck, right? He, not that we know, not of. that we know, no, though not. it is certainly possible. But like you may have slept with, but not. <laughs> never mind. I am a goddess of empathy. Right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but you know, he never, never strokes what? him as he falls asleep. <laughs> now, Daniel, are you saying that Barkley went on Voyager and hit the reset button? <laughs> no, it's not even just the reset button. It's like the like reset to the time that we never even saw. Like he, it was, it was. And I guess it's probably just that one episode where he's like, where he is sleeping on the holodeck and. Yeah, and doing all of that stuff, but like, I just felt like it was like too much. It was just too much of like it was like almost completely ignoring anything that had happened to him up to that point. Well, then on top of all that, though, not only is he obsessed with Voyager on the holodeck, and those are his newfound friends, but he's also using the holodeck to accomplish his work. They're completely intertwined, and so he's a functioning holographic addict enabling <laughs> well, his work i mean this is like a really weird addiction because in some ways it's useful it's kind of like a workaholic where it's good to a point but to the detriment of well just about everything else i liken it to how you might use a serial killer to help you catch another serial killer but it's not like you know you really want <laughs> are you serial saying killer, he's the you know? hannibal lecter of star trek <laughs> Um, um, exactly like the card out reg uh, and like um, the mask and everything. Um, h- h- uh, h- hello, h- hello, Clarice. Um, uh, <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, <laughs> and I, I do definitely see what you're what you're saying, Daniel. But I I do feel that they at least try to make it seem that he he does. I feel that his character does start to use the holodeck though a little more as a tool. Like yes, he is way too in in depth in it, but if there was anyone who could use the holodeck in a, in a new way to try to, you know, to spitball things, to come up with ideas, it would be Reg. Like yeah. he's logged the hours. Like it's of course going to be him to do it. So I, I do feel they have some progression, but I can see what you're saying as well, where it's, it's kind of like, are we jumping back to hollow pursuits territory? Well, like Char, to go off your point and you can say that TNG characters do this. If you're optimistic in a good way, or if you're more pessimistic in a cult way, that anyone who leaves the Enterprise crew can no longer function. So, for instance, let me choose Worf. So when Worf goes to Deep Space Nine, he ends up sleeping on the Defiant, alone, you know, away from everyone, because he's away from his from Enterprise being on a family. From a crew of thousands. Yeah. To, and so now you, to sleeping on the Defiant. And now you have Reg, who's left his Enterprise family, who maybe helped him deal with his addiction, and now that he doesn't have that support system... That's why he relapses. It's because he's not visiting. And Yar, she slept with a Romulan. Oh, stop it! Stop it! (laughs) You you could have went with O'Brien, you know, because he married uh, (laughs) Keiko. But but whatever. Anyways, I don't know. One thing that I do think that they maybe did go a little too far with with Reg is they made him like the holodeck savant. You know what I mean? Like where everything is holodeck, and he knows everything about it, and it's holodeck, 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 and. Yes, he's absolutely brilliant, but it must somehow include the holodeck. It's the Leola root of his 
way of his life. Existence. <laughs> of his existence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a but, vitamin for his but, his brain. He has to have it. Um, but you know, once we've actually created this, you know, link to the Alpha Quadrant, which you know was was a nice progression. I mean, it did happen in season six. I mean, it wasn't like the third episode. Hey guys, we found a way to call home. Isn't that nice? Like, no, like they're, you know, they don't change their uniforms ever. Oh. I mean, DS Nine changes their uniforms more than you know Voyager does. They're like, hey, guys, we've updated our com badge. That one is so last century. Uh, but no. Um, but we do, you know, use Barkley a lot in those episodes. Like we said, Pathfinder in season six, uh, as we put, when the Enterprise E returns to Earth, because reasons, you know, that happens. Reasons <laughs> to drop off Barkley and family I don't part know, two, which you know, we never got to see. Family part, yeah. Right. Electric with <laughs> only, um, uh, you know. That he's obsessed with Voyager, and then we have Lifeline, where, again, you know, which is a good episode. Like again, you're you're kind of going a little bit into Data's territory with one character playing multiple members of his same family, which we know Daniel yes. loves absolutely. <laughs> but uh... well, well, it's funny because I think you all have said earlier that Reg is connected to Deanna, but I think arguably, when it comes to Voyager, Reg is connected to the Doctor. I mean, you have projections. Oh yeah, yeah you have yeah. Lifeline. I'm, he's his pen pal. Well, he's a fellow hologram. Er, Hello, you know I mean. Barkley. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> oh dang it, Doctor! Now we have to call home again. <laughs> I see picture seven and nine about to hang up the phone, and then from the other end, you know, you hear Doctor. She's like, "Oh, I gotta let it through." Uh, but no, that's that's for you. And you know, we say that Barkley is connected to Deanna, but it, it's obviously that Deanna is connected to Barkley. I mean, he is. I mean, only because of the, the copay system, and so she has to. <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, he works uh, on a sliding scale. Yeah. <laughs> Interpret that how you will. <laughs> well, she dates on a sliding uh, but scale, but then we too. get. Uh, we get Inside Man, where again the Pathfinder project's making contact, and it's just the first one though where we actually see like this is when we really make contact. Like before, it's kind of like, hey, you know, this happened. This is where it's like we're gonna get regular fan mail, you know, which cause apparently we can only send transmissions audio wise because that's the most efficient way to send data, <laughs> not text or anything, which could possibly send more data. No, in the 24th century, we got our bricks with words. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but inside man, you know, let's, you know, cause if, you know, I know what the Voyager fans want. They want more Ferengi episodes. Yeah. Cause it's gone so well. We, the, oh, and, and actually, I don't know. Some people like the Ferengi episode, False Prophets, but I really, I couldn't stand it. It, it was a fun idea. I thought it was clever because I'm sure someone in, was doing their TNG rewatch and they're like, hey, look who's in the Delta Quadrant. Right. Yeah, great continuity. <laughs> and that's, and that's about yeah. it, if you ask me. I, and doing their TNG rewatch, they're like, hey, who's that actor in Ferengi makeup? You know, he looks really, oh, wait, that's Ethan Phillips. You know, Darren, you, you do say just then that... Uh, you jokingly that that Voyager fans wanted more uh, Ferengi episodes, but first of all, nobody wanted more Ferengi episodes on TNG. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we got more than enough Ferengi episodes on Deep Space Nine. Uh, no, gosh, there's that one reoccurring Ferengi just wouldn't go away. <laughs> Although you know, I think I actually think the Ferengi episodes are probably one of the most criticized parts of Deep Space Nine. A lot of people don't like the Ferengi episodes on that show, and then of course, you know, you just said nobody wants. 
uh, them on Voyager. And of course, the one Frankie episode we get on Enterprise is one of the most criticized Ew, episodes yeah. as well, right? Like it's like I don't think Ew. I don't think on any I don't think on any series we want more Ferengi. I think we're okay with the level of I Ferengi. Think we the have. next time, you know, we have Blu-rays, but whenever we have the next medium. Um, of recording, we'll actually be able to digitally holograms, insert them holograms, into TOS, holograms. so we can uh, complete the circle. Oh, oh, it's confirmed. Star Trek Three is a Ferengi story. <laughs> oh gosh! Thanks, Simon oh, Pegg. Is that Brian Cranston is going to be a Ferengi? He's going to be a Ferengi. Are we revealing it now? <laughs> Selling space meth. <laughs> space <laughs> meth. <laughs> Wait. So it's Star Trek Three breaking yeah. profit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Ferenga Meth. Ferenga Meth? Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's in the shape of little lobes instead of being blue. No, oh gosh. It's it's because it's got to be in the Ferengi logo because everything. Yes. Their ships, their tattoos, everything's the Ferengi everything. logo. So. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, you know, right. I've well, actually we're watched not... <laughs> that. <laughs> call me Latin. Hey, at this point, if it, if they call it Trek, I don't care what it is. I'll watch it. You know, just put just put it on uh, television. For, I am the one who um, knocks. I am. Yeah, I don't know. But what uh, would substitute that with. Well, <laughs> I I know recently, Shar, you and Tristan on on to the, to the journey, journey have been doing to the journey to the journey. It's, gosh, it's only the first time, guys. Okay, after that we go, we get it, we get it. It's to the journey. But uh, you guys have been doing your comparisons, and yeah. you did a great comparison between author, author, and Measure of a Man. We did. Uh, which you should, we, I mean, we could help you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just, yeah. like when we just, need Voyager you know, help, we know who to call. Not but to mess up your formula. Worries. Just no saying, worries. just saying. But uh, but yeah, but author author also is a great Reg episode where you know he, I mean, he gives his little testimony, you know, and he's like, you know, he fought valiantly for his crew, you know. Uh, but it's a it's a you know again. Because apparently no one else can talk about Voyager in all of Starfleet. It's got to be either Admiral Paris or or Reg. But uh, you know, it's what do we think of uh, author author in our in as a chapter of Reg? I also thought uh, we were, are we going to talk about the fact that Admiral Paris is a Time Lord who regenerates his appearance? <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should. Oh, oh uh, do you mean? Admiral Locarno, Philip, is that who you're talking about? <laughs> the names his have ma- been changed. <laughs> it's his married to name. To protect the innocent. Hey, 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 his son changed his name, okay? <gasps> so it's totally oh, legit. <laughs> wait, so wait, maybe his mom's last name is Locarno. That's what we never found out. So. Ooh. Hey, right? There you go. Hey, it's true. Well, when we talk about our 21st century marriages and relationships, because apparently it's really different, you know, <laughs> this could be the total norm. It's true. I mean, Mrs. Paris doesn't really make any appearances until the novels. Maybe he just calls himself Paris because he just loves Marseille so much. He just picked. <laughs> Maybe. His Wait, favorite. you mean Lieutenant Marseille? No, 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 oh, not McDuff. Oh, I mean, oh, no. Oh, oh, so, uh, sorry, guys. I'm really excited. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the, what is it? The gentleman in the blue shirt in the back. When I was reading, uh, so, okay, again, this is a callback. Uh, I know, Char, you didn't, you didn't listen, uh, but uh, to the literary tracks, when, when Michael Piller was writing uh, um, Insurrection, one of the, one of the initial uh, kind of uh, crossovers was there was going to be a Sandrine's appearance. On the on, what on, I'm telling you, this is it's, you should read the book. Don't it's worry, really I am going to listen to this. I'm just really <laughs> behind. When things come out over the weekend, I've got catching up to do. Yeah, I don't know if we actually. I don't know if we mentioned it on the episode, but in the book, it is mentioned that Sandrine's was going to be one of the initial crossover kind of ideas that they had. 
and then we're going to go to Sandrine's oh my God. on the Enterprise. Yeah, which would have been oh, cool. Oh, and I love Sandrine's. <laughs> like, it's the cheers of Starfleet. <laughs> I, I really, I totally would go. We actually talk I mean, about Warren that a little bit loves in Sandrine's. the next TTJ. Just a shameless <laughs> right. plug. Oh, okay. All right. And we'll actually listen to that, so it's okay. <laughs> listen! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, but as I was saying, author, author, two words, like mirror, mirror. But it's not a mirror, mirror episode at all. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. No, no. But, well, well, no, no. Uh, we do know, get we to see of... a mirror version of the Voyager crew in author, author. That is true. <laughs> you know, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's Lieutenant Marcier I was talking I, about. I will give you that. I will give you that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's sort of like the mirror universe gone wrong, though. Instead of uh, the, the nice goatee spa cat, it's a porn stash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sideburns and a giant oh, uh, are you saying... uh, mobile emitter clamped to your... Uh, Lit. Are you saying that, that Lieutenant Marcier was sort of the um, Kate Mulgrew's first introduction to what yes. the character she would have and He would later go with? on to play porn stash in Orange is the New Black. Is, yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. Totally. Wait, wait. Wh- mm-hmm. wh- I see that happening. What, what? I mean, he was sleazy enough. He could do it. What would a mirror universe Barkley look like? Well, he would be this crazy pilot and. Um, He'd have an afro, have an afro. The most hair ever. <laughs> Or hair extensions, like hair plugs. What would his personality it, be like? Would he be ruthless? Well, see, he'd be this crazy pilot. He'd be super and happy. Any time you tried to reach him to solve a mission for you, you'd have to call the A team. Uh, uh, uh. Well, let's get to Endgame <laughs> before Philip makes more puns about the A team. Uh, but yeah, but again, I had forgotten that Barkley, again, because we're dealing with the Alpha Quadrant, so who is there but our good old friend? Well like, uh, <laughs> well, like, sure. I mean, because I assume the reason that we're doing this Alpha Quadrant stuff is Deep Space Nine has ended, right? So it's just Voyager. Yeah. So it's like, hey, what's 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 going on? What's going on in the Alpha Quadrant? And you know, the show about the Delta Quadrant. So, like, I mean, was that? I don't. I don't know if y'all have talked about. Deep Space Nine didn't wrap it up enough for you. <laughs> I, mean, no, I think worry. they did don't, a pretty good don't worry, job, guys. Deep Space Nine at the time was working on their movie. Oh. Uh, wait, uh, oh, no. Oh, 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 man. I, Ouch. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Hey, at least, at least Kate made it she into did, a movie. She did, that's that's right. And but, she made yeah. Admiral. That's right. Yeah. You're damn right. <laughs> yeah. But she's one of those active admirals. So no one's putting by her behind a desk. <laughs> yeah, well, you do not mess with the Janeway. <laughs> No, but uh, but Endgame, you know, obviously, you know, it's all about future Janeway and you know a blade of armor and tons of other cool cool stuff. But but I, I like again reading the eighteen page memory alpha on Barkley at the end. <laughs> it's like Barkley was on duty at the communication center when long range sensors detected a Borg transwarp conduit. Well, that was lucky it wasn't his day off because he would have been really sad if he had missed that. <laughs> You know, the dude doesn't ever take reported. a day off. What are you talking about? <laughs> and of course, he ordered to fire everything at the Borg ship because, <laughs> hey, it's a Borg ship. When are those ever friendly? Thus killing, bo- <laughs> thus killing all of the Voyager crew. Actually, no, that's now, not Now, Char may be but- confused. Uh, Char, I know you think Renaissance Man is the last episode. We're actually talking about the one after that, Endgame. The episode that we don't like to name uh-huh. right. <laughs> yes, yeah, the yeah. one on Enterprise uh, is the one that shall not be named Endgame is the one we don't like to name because I don't like it. Mm. 
but I mean, gross. But anyway, but to me, like it's 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 not weird because it does make sense. But like to me, it's almost like Barkley is the Q of Voyager. Even the Q was in Voyager. But like you know, like hey, we can't possibly have the last episode with Voyager. Q was the Q, Q, Q in Voyager. Voyager Philip, Philip, pay attention. No, 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 he was the Q in Deep Space Nine. There was I, also Q Junior on Voyager. And and Q. It was right. Q and Quinn. And then there was Q. To be fair, we had like multiple Qs and T and G as Also well, Q. So they're all Q. That's all that matters. <laughs> right. It's all right. Q. Um, yeah, well, if it's Q with you. Um, but like, it's like, you know, so like, so we have to have Barkley in the last episode. Like, oh, I mean, it makes sense. But to me, it's like, he's that pivotal. Like, we need to have Barkley in the last episode of Voyager. <laughs> but I mean, he was instrumental with establishing contact. So it does make some sense. It really does. I mean, it's it's nice that he's there. He kept hope yes. alive. To, to be completely fair to Voyager, um, which I always endeavor to be. Um, we, <laughs> Thank you. Yes, of course. Uh, we also have that blonde security officer in our final episode, and I can't even remember her name. So, I mean. <laughs> what? Who are you talking about? She got about? short hair. I, she was like, she had a lot of attitude. Oh, know. you mean like that ensign you know, that always shows up in the movies? Familiar, but not enough. Jay? I think she needs to change it a little bit. Sayla. No! (laughs) 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 Okay, can we talk Uh. about something with Reg... Okay, so Endgame, how, how many, I don't remember, how many years... In, that, that is kind of the point of the well, episode, well, How many years in the future is Endgame supposed to be from Season 7 Voyager? Is it like Gosh, 20 years? Are you talking about future Janeway? Or? Okay, because here's my point. What rank does old Barkley have? Lieutenant, he's gotten promoted once in like 20 years. Hey, but okay, give no, I, I do read, he, he gets to be Lieutenant Commander. But again, in this wonderful world of Star Trek, those are called lieutenants to just mess with right. Darren's head but and not make it clear at all. Let's give him some credit because in this future, he is teaching a course at Starfleet Academy and he has massively improved, for the most part, his public speaking skills. Yeah, that's twenty four oh four. It's the twenty fifth. He's century. on the he's yeah. on the data command path. That's what that's what the he's going for the long game. End game. He's right? becoming that's a real boy. A, that's his end game. Yeah. I mean, data's gonna outlive us all, so he's gonna yeah. go right to. Um, uh, never mind. Yeah. Never oh no, actually, he's really. I mean, he's kind of following probably uh, uh, Harry Kim's career path right at that point. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? You know, you know, Daniel. We always make well, fun of blue shirts. I'm just, I'm starting to think gold shirt is a dead end job. The more we talk about it, yeah. Mm. Well, I do like in 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 the I guess what, the show that we don't like to name. Uh, you know that those are the future uniforms that we see in oh, oh. all good things, which I, I like. Because I think people don't like them. I like them. I, I think they're fine. No, I do, I too. do too. I like them I with the the new badge. Well, because I didn't catch it because in um, when we first see it pretty much everyone we see is in red because like the entire bridge of the pasture is red. Yeah. Yes. It's a medical I ship. I mean, I, which totally makes yeah. sense apparently <laughs> on the medical ship. But, uh, but you know, red looks really good in the all gold, you know, it see, yeah. well, because the color had a resurgence by the 25th century. Cause as, as I've said before, you know, you had full tunic and then just the chest, and then just the neck, and then later they're literally going to dye the pips, and then it's just going to spill all back out it's and retro. just the entire it's body, retro. you know, color. Right, it's, yeah, yeah it comes back. back in style. Uh, but no, I thought the, the you know, Reg did good as 25th century Reg and, you know, welcoming them them home, because it's, it's, it should be him, you know, welcoming them. It should be, you right. know, 
uh, opening the the hailing frequency, and then you know, and then you know, then they'll get to know the real Barkley. He'll be like, "Hey guys, come meet my holographic representations of you." Well, it's it's and, which I can't remember what what episode it is where Janeway or or you know when they're hearing Reg and they're like, "Wow, Reg must be this really cool guy." I'm like, "Oh go, oh oh honey, they have oh, honey, you don't him. even know." <laughs> they're like, "Let's raise a toast to this man named Barkley, wherever he I'm is." I'm sure he's awesome. <laughs> I looked up his file and it says he's a totally normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you suppose, like, if he ever. It was classified under the Omega Director, so she can't actually. Uh... You suppose they sit <laughs> down actually... with Reg, you know, have a little drink or something, and he just he can't say anything again. He's just talking about, like, talk about <laughs> totally transgressing. He's just, uh, oh. Um, I can only speak to you from I... a holographic projection. I'll be in the other room. Yeah. You, yeah. you sit in here. And I'm going to sit in this other holographic room, and I'm going to speak to these holographic versions of you because I can. Now, now, and then you can just... Now, Darren, I know you're, you are a huge fan of the holographic communicator. So maybe Barkley would just feel more comfortable if he just drew a circle around him. You, uh, and then he could... I, I just I have to ask this question, Darren, since you mentioned the Omega Directive. All I'm thinking <laughs> about now is there's an episode of Voyager where there's like all these alerts go off and then... It's okay. the The Voyager episode is called Omega <laughs> no, 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 no. Directive. Yes, it's really, I know, but you're not. It was Q Mega. You're not listening. Man, this is bad, dude. You're, you're not listening to my hypothetical scenario, Darren. I'm, li- I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. So uh, all these alerts go off. Janeway comes on the bridge. She looks on the main screen and she sees a giant stalk of broccoli, and it's the broccoli directive. Oh and- my god. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the big beta sign, which B Oh, for, no, that would have worked. Yeah, we could do that. No, no, no. B is for barricade. We've established that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. B is always for barricade. <laughs> Unless it's being used. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking about uh, Mr. Broccoli. I mean, Mr. Barkley. But it's just one of the Trek topics that we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm. Standard Orbit. I really, really, really hope that if they do that, they make Chang the villain because, you know, Captain Chang instead of General Chang or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? I Mm -hmm. mean, that just seems like the perfect way to go. Earl Grey. All right, Riker, we're promoting you to Captain. I mean, you, uh, you killed the last Captain. We usually don't reward that. That's usually not a policy, but in this case... Well, well, to be fair, he had spent some time on a Klingon ship. The Orb. But the Federation and Bajor as a member of the Federation would be helping rebuild Cardassia. And I could see like very much the relationship between the U.S. and Japan today. I could see the Federation and Cardassia having that kind of relationship moving forward. To the journey! Julie has a very distinct pain noise. Yeah, she you know kind what I'm of talking does. about? It sounds sort of like she's suffocating. Yeah, it sounds like she's suffocating and sometimes, and I'm going to keep it clean, not always in pain. The Ready Room. He is the best cosplayer ever because he's so buried himself in his part that we have no idea who this guy is outside of the impersonation of Tuvok. Exactly. He's the Christian Bale of the Delta Quadrant. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. If I'm not mistaken, in any upcoming episode of Next Generation, we don't see full-grown golden retrievers running around the decks of the Enterprise. And I'm also a little worried that Captain Picard has never played with puppies. Commentary, Trek stars. But you'd rather see Red in charge than him. 
Oh, yeah, totally. Right. Because you really want porn stash to go down. Yes, yes, you do. And that sentence out of context sounds really strange. Literary treks. As great as Picard is and his Picard maneuver, uh, I don't think Picard straightening his shirt is going to help him uh, <laughs> when he's going up against the Riker maneuver. Fair enough, yeah. So. Axonar, the official podcast. The changes that we've made, the change to the nacelles and uh, several other aspects of these ships to make them distinct and, and not the same ships as uh, in, in Star Trek 2009. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose send to show and, of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, in the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek.fm. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek.fm. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. So, Philip, if someone was wanting to talk to you about your favorite Ferengi episode, be it Have Barkley or Voyager or not, where would they find you? Oh, man, now I'm, now I'm thinking about the Barkley... Um... Ferengi, what what else worst part could you put in an episode? I mean, anyway, uh, they can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina. And Daniel, if someone was interested in talking to you about your latest holographic proof fiction, where would they find you? Well, they could find me uh, on Twitter, of course, uh, at One Up Dan, and that's the number one, not the word. And Char, where could someone listen to you talk about Star Trek? Almost like every week or so i mean where would such a place be well there's this thing called the internet and uh, there's a site called trek.fm and uh, i do this thing every week like you said yeah it's it's this recurring podcast every thursday called to the journey to, to the, the journey! journey yes 
where Tristan Riddell and I, the international sex symbol, we discuss all things and everything related to Voyager. Awesome. And if someone wanted to talk to you about your favorite Voyager episode, maybe it begins with an E. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Where could they contact Plenty you? Plenty of other letters left in the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, if you want to contact me, you can do so on the Twitter, and my handle is oh the broccoli. I mean, wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh the profanity. That's because in the 24th century, broccoli is a profane <laughs> That's word. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it should be. I might have to change kinda my puts username what now. Said in to a whole new oh context. the broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. And if someone wanted to talk to me about, uh, you know, just why I really hate all these A Team references, dun, uh, dun, they dun, can dun. find me. <laughs> They can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Okay, guys. Well, I am going to finish off my Barkley rewatch because he is in just so many episodes, as we've said many times, tipping the scale in Voyager favor. So I'm going to fire up uh, fire up some Netflix and uh, enjoy some broccoli, some steamed broccoli in a transporter. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Engage. Coffee. Black. Fire. Fire.